to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children like me and youth and adults at ndpc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come join us in person. Okay, that's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Our scripture today comes from Matthew. Um, Do I know what our scripture is today? I do. (laughs) Matthew 28, uh, verses 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Today is Trinity Sunday. It celebrates not an event like most of our religious holidays, but a doctrine. A doctrine that made me cry. Let me explain. In college, I dated a devout Muslim, and I don't even remember how the Trinity came up, but he shared with me his confusion over it all. He asked, how Christians could claim to be monotheistic, yet clearly worshiped three gods. I stumbled over my explanation, trying to pull some old Sunday school, giving the typical one God and three persons explanation, but he continued to push back and was concerned about how Christians look down on polytheistic religions when clearly I was participating in one. And I typically love a little intellectual sparring. It's one of my love languages. But this argument hit something deeper in me. And y'all, I burst into tears, full on crying, snot and everything. I now recognize that I cried because I couldn't explain something so integral to my faith. And when he laid it out like that, I saw his point. And I also knew that as part of his heritage, he had learned Arabic so that he could read the Quran in its original language and could recite most of the Quran by heart. And I couldn't even answer a simple question about my faith. Did I worship one God or three? Fast forward to my time in seminary a decade later and I learned that I was not alone in my confusion. Scholarly books and articles about the Trinity just made it more and more difficult for me to really understand it and explain. And I came to feel like the novelist and thinker, Dorothy Sayers, who said, what is the doctrine of the Trinity? The Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, the whole thing incomprehensible. Something put in by theologians to make it more difficult, nothing to do with daily life or ethics. 
I did learn enough to discuss the Trinity on a philosophical or an intellectual level, but it only started to make sense to me on a spiritual level lately. When I looked at, not, looked at it not through the lens of a complicated theological framework or hierarchies or debates, but simply through the lenses of our lives. The core of the Trinity is a relationship. There is great power in seeing that when we look to our God, we see a relationship. And whether we ascribe to a classical interpretation of the doctrine or a more social Trinitarian philosophy, our God is a God of holy relationship. And relationships are difficult to explain, difficult to put into language. Can you imagine how challenging it would be to create a treatise defining the relationships we have with our parents, our children, our partners, our friends, even ourselves? Not many among us could prepare a PowerPoint presentation about how we relate to our families. We don't define or defend it, we just live it. And everywhere we look, we see relationships. So it makes sense that our God exemplifies a complicated, yet deeply loving and whole relationship. This means a lot, especially right now. Even when I was looking at the June calendar, I saw so many representations of relationships. One, it's Pride Month, where we celebrate our LGBTQIA siblings, while also recognizing the terrible discrimination that they have faced historically and continue to fight against. This year marks the 52, 52nd anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising. But these aren't just issues or dates. These are living and breathing relationships in our community. And we're also getting to commemorate Juneteenth this month, a complicated celebration pointing to the delay in emancipation for enslaved people in Texas. These communities didn't learn of their freedom for two years after Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. This isn't just history. These are relationships. We are still grappling with the legacy of slavery and of justice delayed and denied and its impacts on our relationships. And also, next Sunday, we'll mark Father's Day. Once again, not just a holiday, but relationships. Some of us will meet that day with love and excitement, others with grief, still others with ambivalence, and others with a combination of all these feelings and more. Because it's not just a date on the calendar, it represents our real lives. Relationships cover every aspect of our lives, and to see our God as a relationship in action represents the Imago Dei in a way that an uncomplicated portrait of God could not. We are made in God's image, but not in an individualistic reflection of God. We are made up of relationships, the spiritual, the internal, the personal, the familial, the societal, the cultural, and the systemic. It's enough to make our heads spin. But in today's scripture, known as the Great Commission, we hear that even with Jesus right there, some still doubted 
And I imagine that doubt wasn't all about Jesus. Some of that doubt was the disciples wondering if they knew enough, had the right giftings, the right words, the right intellect for this calling. For this calling that would be a new relationship with others. And that feels so close to home for so many of us, including me. We wonder if we have the right education, the right language, the right credentials to go and make disciples. We wonder if we will offend, if we will use clumsy and outdated terms that will make, our, that will make others doubt our commitment to justice and the struggle for equity and fairness. We wonder if others will look at our track record, our relationship track record, and wonder, uh, are they really good enough to be an ally or an advocate? But what I love in this passage is that Jesus doesn't say, let go of your doubts and then go. Jesus also doesn't say, read every book on the subject and then go, or figure it all out and then go. Jesus also doesn't offer us a PowerPoint outline on the theological workings of the Trinity. Jesus just says, I am with you. To the very end of the age, I am walking right next to you. We go together. Of course, there is always a place for learning, seeking more knowledge and greater understanding, but I have seen how this can become a barrier for our own action. My therapist calls it procrastinating. <laughs> this is a conversation we have regularly. When we need to just do one more book study or watch one more documentary before, like we, before we feel like we can really do something. And yes, we will mess up. We will not be perfect. But we are not alone. We hear Jesus saying, we have a rela relational God a God whose very being is community, guiding us along the way into making the world a more beloved community, a world that looks more like God. Scholar Will Gaffney invites us to try on new language for the Trinity, beyond the traditional language of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Language that is informed by the expansive pictures of God in our scripture. Language beyond our binaries, that may stir us up and help us think of our relationship with the Trinity in new ways. Some of them include sovereign, savior, and shelter, author, word, and translator, parent, partner, and friend, majesty, mercy, and mystery, creator, Christ, and compassion, potter, vessel and holy fire, life, liberation, and love. But no matter how we think of the Trinity on this Trinity Sunday, may we look to our God of relationship and know that we are not alone. May we see in God that we are enough to be a disciple and to encourage deeper discipleship in others. The Great Commission has too often been used to as justification for conquering and oppression and destruction, but we are called into something different. To truly look at how our faith calls us into relationships that are richer and deeper and more communal and more in line with life and liberation and love.
Amen.